You are listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish Podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God. Last week's gospel was about persistence in prayer. This week, it's about reviewing the content of prayer. It's easy to demonize the Pharisee in the gospel reading. But lest we be judgmental, let's consider more information about him before we judge him. The Pharisee would have been one of the men who actually financed the building and the running of the synagogue. He had quite the respect and the passion for the law. Following the law was of utmost importance to him. He would have fasted twice a week and would have given 10 to 15% of his income to the synagogue. And it's quite possible that the Pharisee occupied a high place amongst the religion, religious authorities of the time. Yes, he probably was a good man who really does deserve our respect. In fact, he probably had many of the characteristics of what we would call today a good Christian or a good Catholic. Like that man, we try to keep holy the Lord's day by attending mass at least once a week, putting some money in the collection and maybe even giving a little extra sometimes, supporting those sickened collections, and perhaps you're even able to give a little bit to some charities of your choice, some of those causes that are outside of the church and very worthwhile. While we may not have had a look at the wonderful book called The Catechism of the Catholic Church on a regular basis, or maybe not even at all, we do try to live out a life that God asks of us in a moral and just way. All of us can go through this past week and tick off all the good things that we've done and maybe even recall some of the bad things we could have done but didn't do to show our loving God how much we do, in fact, love him. We try to be that good Catholic that is, in fact, a good thing to strive to be. Now, consider the tax collector. In today's lingo, we would call him a conniving thief and a traitor. He worked for the occupying governments, the Roman Empire. The tax collector would have overcharged his fellow countrymen so that he could keep the extra money for himself. He would not have been a poor man. Recall what we know about Nicodemus, the tax collector, and his life that he led prior to his encounter with Jesus. A man in this occupation 
would not have been someone to look up to, and he certainly would not have been involved in the governing and the work at the synagogue. Not many people liked him, other than his fellow tax collectors and certainly those people who were in charge of the treasury. Even though he obviously believed in God, his personal and his business actions would have been contrary to the law. So he probably would have been called a hypocrite. And certainly in today's lingo, he wouldn't have been a good Christian or considered a good Catholic. Nope, the tax collector was not a good man. He was quite despicable, in fact, based on his actions. Now, I would imagine that most of us here understand the point of the story in our gospel. Yes, Jesus praised the despised tax collector for his prayer, not for what he had been doing or hadn't done. The tax collector, though, understood even at an intuitive level, as opposed to his physical actions, that as a sinner, he was in dire need of God's mercy and forgiveness. He was guided and moved by the spirit of the law, but not necessarily the letter of the law. And while Jesus may have approved of the work and the dedication of the Pharisee in this case, the Pharisee's prayer forgot what prayer is all about, that of having an open and honest and heartfelt relationship with God. The Pharisee may have followed the letter of the law, but did not understand the spirits of the law. Our first reading supports what Jesus is trying to illuminate. Sirach says, give to the Most High as he has given to you, generously according to your means. For he is a God who always repays and will give back to you sevenfold. That line alone defines in part what it means to be a good Christian and a good Catholic. Sirach continues, he says, but offer no bribes. These he does not accept. This verse goes straight to the Pharisee's type of prayer, sort of a bribe and that he is asking God to consider the good that he is and the good that he does. We ourselves might sometimes say to God, look at all the good I have done this week. How come I'm having this misfortune right now in my life? We might even say something like, God, if you take away this suffering, I'm going to do something for you. Maybe join a Bible study or get involved in a ministry or at the church or something similar to that. And then there's my favorites. 
And I think how many of us might have at least thought this one. If you, Lord, let me win the lottery, I will give you 10%. Your pastor might think you could do a bit better than that 10% if you win the lottery. But we'll take it. Anyway, such bargaining is the bribing of which Sirach speaks. And Sirach goes on to say this. He says, God shows no partiality to the weak, but hears the grievance of the oppressed. The prayer of the humble pierces the clouds. It does not rest till it reaches its goal nor will it withdraw till the Most High responds. Did you catch all of that? It all started out with humility. And that was Jesus' point in this story. A person's works or social status or bank account does not matter when we are in prayer. But the humble and the contrite heart matters most. Now, as we know, the Mass in which we are all present right now is the highest form of communal prayer that we have here on earth. If we look at the prayers of the Mass in the whole of the liturgy, we can see that this sense of humility is found all throughout it. Nowhere do we recount all the good that we have done. God already knows that. But humility is on display in three instances in particular in the Mass. Think back to the beginning today. We say that beautiful prayer known as the Confidior, a prayer of public confession of our sinfulness, a clear plea for God's mercy and forgiveness. It is a humbling recognition that our sins are not just personal, but that they affect our brothers and sisters, as well as our own relationship with God. Note in that prayer, nowhere do we take the time to tell God the good that we have done. If we say this prayer at the beginning of the Mass with meaning and not hurriedly and mindlessly prattle it off, but actually mean what we say and say what we mean, then we are, in fact, offering the prayer in the humility of the tax collector. The second moment in prayer of mercy and humility is the Lord's Prayer after Jesus has become present to us right there on that altar. We ask God to forgive our sins as we forgive the sins of others. Again, there's no bargaining here. It isn't if you forgive my sins, then I'll forgive the sins of others. No. It's all one and the same transaction, if you will. We forgive in step with God's forgiveness. 
And finally, we beg for God's mercy one last time before we see, before we receive the body and blood of the crucified Lord, the one who died for our sins, when we prayerfully and meaningfully pray, Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Once again, no bargaining, just a humble petition to our loving God for his love and for his mercy. These prayers can have a most profound effect on the hearts and souls that we offer to God when we are engaged with them and say them with full thought and meaning. Yes, attending Mass on Sunday fulfills the Sunday obligation, a term that perhaps is the genesis for the hurry up and get it done mentality that permeates many good Catholics with regard to the Mass. So instead of recognizing that we are more like the tax collector who desires to be in prayer with God, we fall into the trap of being like the Pharisee who does good in his daily life, but doesn't quite get the point of it all. Being at Mass isn't about being a good Catholic. It is all about being a holy Catholic, one who is humbled before our loving God in the greatest prayer that we have on earth. As we go through the rest of the Mass today, listen to the beautiful prayers, especially the Eucharistic prayer, and see how it is all about humbling ourselves before God. Why would we want to rush through it or quit this beautiful prayer before it is finished and leave early? Indeed, why would we ever stop going to Mass? Thank you for listening to the Blessed Sacrament Roman Catholic Parish podcast. We are disciples in mission who know God, love God, and serve God.